Everybody come here to worship him. Yes. If you came to worship him, just tell your neighbor he is worthy of all my worship. Seems like y'all slacked down on the all part. Let's try that one more. Let's try, try that one more. Look at your neighbor and say, he is worthy of all my worship. Yes, yes, yes. If you can join me to Romans 12th chapter. Romans 12th chapter to lift up two verses in our hearing. Uh, verses 1 to 2. In the, the epistle to the Romans written by Paul. We're in the 12th chapter of this letter. This letter was written, believed mostly by historians, why Paul was in Corinth. He has yet to visit Roman, but yet his, the ministry of our God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has spread that far. Can someone say amen? Aren't you glad that you don't have to go somewhere, but God can still be there? Isn't that good news? And so Paul heard of their faith, and he's anxious to go to meet them. He writes this letter to them as a, as a letter of introductory, but most importantly, a letter dealing with the, the gracious love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, we come to the 12th chapter. A lot of historians will break this down, that you have chapters that are broke down, dealing with holiness and salvation, and this part dealing with sanctification. Looking at verses 1 through 2, I'm going to read from the New International Version, and then I will read from the New Living uh, Translation. If you have it, say, I have it. If you're not there, say, hold on. All right. May we read God's word together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect New Living Translations, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you in a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you can help me announce this to your neighbor, tell him I was created to worship. Wake up your neighbor to the other side. They fell asleep. Just let them know why you was made. Tell them I was created. To worship. Can you help me preach this this morning? I won't be before you long. Y'all could just help me preach this. Because all I'm trying to tell you is that I was created to worship. This letter says here, I, he says, I beseech you, I urge you, I exhort you, I bestow upon you, brethren, to present your body. Present your body. To present your body. To present our bodies as a what? 
a living sacrifice. He's telling us that we are to present to God something that's acceptable. In a word they use to present, they use that word when they will present a sacrifice. The word says that when they go before the temple, it says Mary and Joseph presented Jesus before the priest. When they go to the holies of holies, they will present their sacrifice before God. In other words, when something came before God, they brought it before God to make sure that God would be pleased and acceptable what they had. And most of the times, they will give something in order for God to bless it. But here, Jesus has already died. He has already defeated death. He has already said that those who die in me, yet they shall Live So now we don't no longer have to kill something or cut something before the Lord, but we can just present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Look, look how he says, he says, dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies because of, of what the Lord has done for us. Or he says, has great mercy. I, I, I want you to grab that that. Paul is, 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 is begging them, he's, he's urging them, but yet he's not begging or pleading with them as if they have a choice. But he's saying that because this is the only right thing to do. Because of his great mercy. We, 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 we are sitting here in this warm building by his great mercy. I don't have to know your story to know that God has given you glory. All I got to do is just know my history. History points out to me that if you had skin that was not fair skin, you had no right to vote, no right to read, no right to able to own property, no right to have money, no right to even walk out in daylight. But by God's grace and mercy, come on somebody, you can walk around and tell somebody how you really feel about them and you ain't worried looking over your back if somebody's going to put a cross with burning fire in front of your front yard. Because they put laws against these things. But yet, if you look at it, we had nothing to do with that. But yet God was still working. God is pointing out to these Gentiles that you were not part of the chosen people. But because of his great mercy towards you, you now have a part of this eternal life. So I beg you, present your body. As a living sacrifice. What did they have to do with anything? Nothing. But because of God's mercy, they were able to accept eternal salvation. A living sacrifice denotes that your body should be living for him. Your life should be devoted to him. A sacrifice is something that is given to appease. Something to present as an offering. Our life was created for God. He created us. Yes, he formed us. And he wants a holy sacrifice. A sacrifice that is set apart. A sacrifice that's devoted to honor him. A sacrifice that will please him no matter where you go, no matter where you are. A sacrifice means this, that you will be able to speak truth and not lies. A sacrifice means instead of gossiping, you will lift up somebody and pray for them. A, 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 a holy sacrifice means that you will be faithful to your word. We live in a life now that we can get away with little lies. 
We can get away with being deceitful. We can get away just taking care of ourselves. But yet that's not what Lord has called us to do. It's time out for Christians to act like the world. But yet we didn't realize if I am going to be a living sacrifice, I ought to look different than the world. Do y'all not see that in the text? Be no longer conformed. To this age or to this world, new, I like the new living says no longer a copy after uh, this world. We was talking about it in Bible study, how we need to go out making disciples, teaching them. But it's kind of hard to make a disciple when you're not one yourself. What the problem is that we are making bad copies. And when you make bad copies, you got a bad product. How many here of us realize that you, when you get a bad product, you won't get the good use out of it? And when you have a bad product, you oftentimes take it back to the place you got that product from. And once you get to them, they got to go back and find the source to see the reason why they had a defective product. We know how when the cars and places have defective products out and there's a lot of lawsuits that they got to have that call back and make sure they got to reimburse you and pay you back. I wanted to point out to many of us as Christians who are not truly following God and we're making bad copies, we are causing collateral damage. We are hurting people's lives, and we can't call back and give them a brand new car because you already destroyed their life by your lies, by your deceitfulness, by your unfaithfulness, by you just trying to live for yourself and saying that nothing else will matter. But yet you're hurting the kingdom of God when we're not living a holy life. I don't expect to get a few amens on that, but I just want to be true to us right now that God calls us to be holy. And if we are to be holy, that means we're going to upset this world. I'm not here to please this world because I can care less about this world. This world didn't give me nothing. This world has nothing for me. That's why God's going to destroy this world and give me a new one. Behold, I see a new heaven and a new earth. Oh, glory. He's going to give me a new body so I can walk around this new heaven and this new earth. Do you grasp that? So we should not be conformed. Conform means to be pressed into a shape. To be pressed into a shape. This world wants to press you into a shape of their choosing. You see the commercials, how they try to tell you what is status. If you have this car, you live in this neighborhood, you have this house, you dress like this, you are in style. If you don't have this, as the kids say, you're wiggity, wiggity, whack. But the problem is that you can still dress up. What does it say? Beauty's only skin deep. Well, ugly's to the bone. You can dress up your outer appearance, but God is looking at your mind. You see, that's why we need to watch out ourselves not to be conformed to this world. Why is that? Because our mind is, is deceptive because we look at something and what? If it looks good, it must be good. It, it, our, our, we allow our senses, our mind to distract us. Those who have good eyesight, you lean heavily on your eyesight. You, you go with the eye test first. And then you catch up. Because I, I, I realize as many of us, many of us, you're probably, probably not with me right now in this argument. Let me see if I can argue down. You go to a buffet. Everything looks good to your eyes. Everything looks good to your eyes on the buffet. And you put everything you think you're going to like on your plate. And then you sit down, you take one bite, say, oh, this is not good. (laughs) 
You allowed your eyes to give you something you thought you would like, but once you got it, you found out it's not all that I thought it was going to be. How you know fried chicken, fried chicken lovers in this place. You see some fried chicken, it looks golden, it looks crispy, it looks good, you bite into it, there's no flavor. And you're like, I was, I was messed up. This didn't look good, but this, it just don't taste right. It, it, don't, have no, it don't have any seasoning. It's just, they just put cornmeal on this joke. It's not, it's not good. Y'all, y'all, how many of you know how you got to get your flour in a little Ziploc bag or a paper bag, and you got to put your spot? I ain't going to give you my recipe, but you got to you put your stuff in there and shake it up. And then it comes out how you want it to taste. But we allow our eyes to deceive us. We need to realize that's why the Bible tells us the justice walk, the just walk by faith. Uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. Do you understand that we need to trust the Lord all our might, not lean out to our own and understand, but in all our ways acknowledge Him. That's why I can't be conformed and pressed down into this world, but I gotta be transformed by the what? Renewing. Of my mind. The renewing part means something fresh, something new. Aren't you glad that God can give us a new thing? We read in Psalms. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Song, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes is nothing new under the sun. But yet, God can make your mind new. What does that mean? That means the way of this world is old. Pleasing the flesh is old news. But when you got a new song, what's that new song that I used to be? I thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm not what I want to be. But glory be to God, he's going to get me where I need to be. And that's a new song because you can sing the old tie song. Of how you used to hang out in the streets and you used to do this. And you thought you was cool. You thought you was sly, but you was never happy. But you can sing a new song, how the Lord has kept you by his grace and by his mercy. Now your perception has changed. You see things that look good, but you know they're not good. Because you got a new mind. A new mind helps you to realize that I know how to honor God with the fruit of my lips and not try to honor God with false service. He wants a true sacrifice. It says that it is the Living translation, this is truly the way to worship him. Another way says it's, it's a spiritual service of worship. Another one says it's a reasonable service. Another one says it's a truly way to worship. What is pointing out here, that only when you live a life that's holy and acceptable to God is when you're truly living. I'm going to say that again. I want you to grab that. Only when you're living a life that's holy and, and acceptable to the Lord is when you're truly living. Because this is why he created you. You were created for worship. This says this is your reasonable act of service. Basically saying this is your true nature. For example, you, you take a hammer to a nail. You don't take a screwdriver to a nail. It's not its purpose. It might get the job done, but something's going to end up being broke. Most of the time it's going to be that screwdriver. And it has no more use. But if you use that hammer, you can go to nail, to nail, to nail, to nail, to nail. And that hammer just say, you got some more nails. Because when it's used for its purpose, it always has use. 
But when we are not living for the purpose, we lost our use. And when we lost our use, we're open for abuse. Abuse means something's not used for its proper purpose. And therefore, if you were created to worship him, and you are not worshiping him, the enemy is abusing you. He's using you to cause havoc in somebody's life. He's using you to cause havoc in your own life. I, I want y'all to grab something here. Many people tell the enemies over their finances, the enemy got in their house, the enemy got that. He don't care about your money nor your house. Jesus says this, he, he came to kill and destroy. He wants your soul. And he, he, the trick of the enemy is this. He knows how to set bait. Money's your, money's your love? Oh, I'm going to mess with that just to get to your soul. Because your heart's not right. If your heart was on the Lord, he could take all your money. You'd be saying, blessed be his holy name. You will keep yourself in perfect peace as you keep your mind. Stay on him. That's the renewing of your mind. Y'all see that? When God changes your mind, your perceptions change, and now you can be able to be transformed. You're no longer being impressed into this world. First Peter 1.14 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. So Jesus is telling us to no longer be living in this world in ignorance, but yet we can have from the Spirit of God wisdom, knowledge, and intelligence because he will renew our mind. Do you want God to renew your mind? Some of us probably think that my mind's already been renewed, and that's the problem because it's a, re- a continuous action. So some of y'all need to pick back up where you left off. It's a continuous action because the, the enemy's still telling lies, so you still got to know the truth. The enemy is still out there trying to con, 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 put out traps and, and put us in positions that will conform us to this world. But we need to say, no, Lord, no longer will I allow the enemy to press me down. But I will stand up tall and be refreshed and renewed because I realize I don't have any burdens that weigh me down. Why is that? Because I took all my burdens to the Lord. For his yoke is easy. His burden is light. I found rest for my soul. So when my mind is transformed, then catch what you can do. You can prove what is good and what is perfect and what is acceptable. And what is that? That is his will. God has already mapped out his life for you. He had made you before you were even understood. He made you before the foundations of the earth. I like how it says, while I was in my mother's womb, you niched me together. I'm so thankful that God already knew your purpose. You were created to worship. Isaiah 43 says that everyone who called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. It goes on to say, yes, I made he them. Then Jesus said to him, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You find that in Matthew 4.10 and John 4.23 says, but the, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, And in truth, for such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. Are you seeking to be his people? If you're seeking to be his people, then you're seeking to be his worshipers. 
Because when you look in Revelation with how the story ends, the story ends, we worship him 24-7. Before we even get there, they got, they got people warming them up for us. They got, they got 24 elders around his throne. Got four lovely beasts that fly back around. And, and the, the, four, the four lovely beasts, they, 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 they go through and they set them up. Okay, it's time to start again. Lay the crowns down. Holy, 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 holy. They fly around. They sing their song. They put their crowns back up. Okay. Can't wait to do this again. Holy, 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 holy. That's all they're doing. Because think about how we'll be able to fully be in his presence. The presence of he who is holy. And the presence of he who is love, who is grace, who is mercy. And we know there's days we can't even face ourselves in the mirror because of what we have done in our lives. How much more will we be able to face the one who is pure, who has no sin, nothing wrong with him. But he, by his grace, will allow us to see his face. So while we're here right now. We are to map out our lives in such a way that, Lord, I will be faithful uh, to my spouse. I will be a parent to my children. I will give to the poor. I will do all that you ask me to do because that is a living sacrifice. Just want to throw this one out for free. Giving to the poor. You know, many people say that's like, you know, grace and mercy. But when I was reading and studying, and Job, Job says, my righteousness is defended by me giving to the poor. He's saying, I am doing my duty by giving to the poor. Y'all catch that. Some of us think that it's a, it's, a, it's a choice, but God's saying that's a duty to give to the poor. Did not Jesus say, were you done to the least of these? You have done unto me? You see, sometimes we get caught up thinking that we're serving the God and being holy, but we have laid conditions on how we want to serve him. But being a living sacrifice helps me to realize that everything that I have, I got to find a way to give back to the Lord. Let me say that one more time. That just sounded good to me. Everything that I have, I got to find a way to give it back to the Lord. Because I realize what he's given me. He created the earth for me to inhabit. He gave me water for me to swim in. He gave me some trees to get some shade under the hot sun. He gave me a mind to find out to make heat when it's cold outside. <laughs> he gave me a mind how to figure out how I can travel around the world in an in object that looks like a bird. And I can go over long ponds. At first we could only go over a puddle, but now I can go all across. Matter of fact, we have people that flown all the way around the world. Gave us the mind to realize that we can work some things out to heal our bodies. Is there no balm in Gilead? Why are my people still sick? Why are my people still in peril? Aren't you glad our God realizes telling us that I know how to provide for you? Look what he's given us. For God so loved the world. He gave us his own. I mean, there's no other. No one's like him who died on the cross for our sins. Why, why, why did he die? I'm glad you asked me that question. He died because an ox blood 
that wouldn't do it. Turtle dove blood, that wouldn't do it. As many times they took the scapegoat and the atonement ram, that would not do it. Matter of fact, they thought David was the one, but David says uh, the one that comes after me will be sitting on uh, the throne. Uh, Solomon knew of the promise and says there's going to be a greater one coming after me. Uh, Moses told them that there'll be someone like me coming after me. Uh, They've been waiting for Elijah, and Elijah did come. Uh, Jesus says that was John the Baptist, but he wasn't the only book Forgotten son. Why did he die? He died because there's no one else that could pay my fee. No one else could set me free. No one else could give me eternal life. Why did he die? He died because sin entered into the world. He died because Adam and Eve messed it up for all of us. He died because this earth is going to perish. He died so we won't ever have to die. He died because if we die in him, we will forever live because he died because he is the resurrection. He died because he's the way, the truth, and the life. He died because he's a good shepherd. And you know what a good shepherd does? A good shepherd leads his sheep. A good shepherd feeds his sheep. A good shepherd takes care of his sheep. A good shepherd shows you the way. What's the way where he died so I can know the way? I I gotta die. Tell your neighbor, I gotta die. I gotta die so I can be alive. Who loses life for Christ's sake shall gain his life. So now that I've died to this world, I'm alive in him. I'm a living, a living, a living sacrifice, a holy and acceptable. And now I've been transformed. I'm a new creature. Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. I'm done preaching now, but my soul just got happy because I'm a new creature. I've been born again. I've been washing the blood. I've been renewed. Is that your testimony that you've been transformed? You've been changed. No longer shackled by this world. No longer bound by this world. But I've been set free. Because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Good God from Zion. I'm trying to leave you alone. But I'm busy. I was created to worship Him with my mouth, with my hands, with my mind, with my heart. That everything that has breath, praise the Lord. I don't know what comes tomorrow. But if I see it again, I will bless the Lord. I do it on Tuesday. I do it on Wednesday. I do it on Saturday. I do it Friday. I do it Saturday and twice on Sunday. Good God from Zion. He's worthy. He's worthy. Oh, God is worthy of all the praise. I was created. Were you created? If you were created, say, we were created to worship. We were created to worship. All of my worship. All of my worship. So you worship him. How you are faithful to your spouse. How you're on time for your job. You're ethical in your work. You're a good friend. You're a good neighbor. That's worship. 
Worship is not just coming out here and just shouting. That, that, that's part of worship. But he wants true worship. True worship is that I come out here shouting and praising him and I do the same thing out there in the world. True worship is that I'm faithful to him and faithful to my job. True worship is I give as much as I can because I know the Lord will provide all my needs. True worship is that he can do above and beyond what I can ask or think or even imagine. True worship is that though somebody might say what God cannot do, but I know my God is able. Oh, God is able. Worship him. We are called to be set apart. All I want us to grasp and hold on to this truth. As Paul says, I beseech you, I urge you, my beloved brethren, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might be able to prove His will that is good, perfect, and pleasing. Because that's all your reasonable act of worship. That's true worship. That's all that's required of you. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come. We come to worship you, God. Father, Lord, we thank you, God, that you see past our faults. That you see how our life is wrecked with sin. But by your grace and your mercy, we can present ourselves as a living sacrifice through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, there's someone here who does not know Jesus Christ as the Lord. And say, Lord, I pray right now that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus did die on the cross for their sins. And you, Lord, rose them again from the grave. That they will realize that all who call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I pray right now, this, if they don't know you, that they can confess and grab eternal salvation. Lord, we, we, we realize, Lord, that we have not given you the best we have. But, Lord, we're daily trying to do the best we can, oh God. And, Lord, we ask you forgive us for our shortfalls. Forgive us for the times we allow the enemy to, to influence us, that we surrender to the flesh. But, Lord, we thank you that we can be in prayer. For the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. So, Lord, we want to magnify you. We want to glorify you so that you'll be honored and you'll be pleased with our sacrifice. Amen. Amen. Maybe, maybe stand as we open the doors of the church. In this, in this